Acts 20, uh, 32. I read Acts 20, 32. Uh, I read the, the New King James Version. So now, brethren, uh, so now, brethren, I commend you to God. So now, brethren, so now, church, I, I, I commend you to God. Help me turn to your neighbor and say, uh, so now, brethren. <laughs> Okay, one person is actually brother. Okay, brethren is plural. Okay, but you know, there are more than one. Say, so now, brethren. Okay, I commend you to God and, and to the word of his grace. I commit you, I entrust you, not only to God, but also to the word of his grace. When is able, the word carries the ability to build you up. Thank you, Jesus. And give you an inheritance among those, all those who are sanctified. Very powerful scripture. Very powerful. I will talk about that a bit. I, I read from the Passion Translation. I'm not sure if we're, we, we have a new uh, software. I don't know if it's in, it's in the software. Are they able to show it? We have a new software. Okay, if they're not able to show it, just listen to me. Acts 20, 32. I read from the Passion Translation. And so now, I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace. Passion of Translation says, and the message of his grace. It is all that you need to become strong. Am I speaking to somebody this Sunday morning? Is God speaking? Is it? Which is all? Two things you need: God and His Word. That's all you need. Let me preach to five people around and say, "That's all you need." <laughs> it's not that uncle. No, it's not our brother. No, no, no. Thank you, Jesus. Which is all that you need to become strong? All of God's blessings are imparted. Hear me again? All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of His grace. Which He provides as the spiritual inheritance given to all of His holy ones. When you go home, please Google Acts 20, 32, the Passion Translation. If I were you, I have a copy now. So make sure you get one. It's just an incredible scripture. Okay. Um, I wish we had time. I'll read the message. There's so many. So maybe we'll just look at message. message. Now I'm turning you over to God. Our marvelous God. Whose gracious word can make you into what he wants you to be. That's message translation. And give you everything you could possibly need in this community of holy friends. Message Bible. Those guys are crazy. Praise God. Okay, 2 Peter 1, 2 to 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. We've read it a couple of times now. But let me just quickly read it. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things. I hope it's the new King James that's showing. <laughs> as his divine power has given to us some things, most things, 90% of things, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. True. Somebody say true. True. The knowledge of him. The only way you get these things is true. The knowledge of him. Who called us by glory and virtue. The word virtue there means power. Called us by glory and power. Your, your call is not a weak one. It's a powerful one. Who called us by glory and virtue or by power. Uh, by which um, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises 
that through this, through this, what are these? The precious, the exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these promises, you may be a partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lost. Finally, Numbers 23, one verse, verse 19. Numbers 23, verse 19. If, if we're there, say hallelujah. Can we all read it, read it if it's there? One to go. Uh, God is not a man. Oh, please hold on. Have you noticed? I know most times when we say this, we say it as a straight sentence. But is there a comma there? There should be. So the first thing is, if you're an English student, what you do is that, first say, God is not a man. There are things men do. Men lie. But he's not a man. In fact, Titus says he cannot lie. He said, God, who cannot lie? You see, the truth is that he cannot lie. He, 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 even if he said a lie, the lie becomes true. No, you didn't hear what I said. Because he's God. You say, you say Lord, I'm wearing a white shirt. He said, no, it's black. The moment he leaves his mouth, that shirt becomes black. Is somebody here? Is somebody here this Sunday morning? So God cannot, because anything that leaves his mouth, is truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is not a man, comma, that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. To repent means to change his mind. Has he said, comma, you know, I know many times we quote this. I wanted some of us to see it for the first time. Numbers 23, 19. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? All it just requires for him to say. Somebody say, Lord, say. Come and say, say. Because once it has left his mouth, there are promises that God has made to you. You are in the season of bringing forth in the name of Jesus. Now shout hallelujah. Please be seated. Father, once again, we thank you for your word. So the scripture, the first scripture we read was Acts 20, 32. And, and the context, the background of that, of that uh, scripture was uh, Paul um, uh, had gone to Ephesus. You know, I'm sure we're familiar with, with, the, uh, with, the, with, the, with the book of Ephesians. Uh, that's the city of, was, there was a church uh, in Ephesus. And, and Paul, uh, this was really towards the end of, of Paul's ministry. He had, he had gone to the city of Ephesus. There was a thriving, a very powerful church uh, that was in Ephesus. And Paul had spent about uh, three years. Somebody said three years. He had spent about three years in, in that church in Ephesus. You know, in those days, there was just only one church. You know, it wasn't like now. There was just the church in Ephesus. So he had spent three years teaching them the word of God, spending time with them, praying with them. So um, now he was about to leave to go to Jerusalem. Um, I mean, this was, like I said, quite close to the time. Uh, Paul eventually would go to Rome. And of course, you know, he never came back from Rome. Uh, but, but you know, uh, so, you know, the night that Paul was about to, to, to his final night with them in the city of Ephesus, he began to speak to them. By the way, when you have the time, and I think you should, uh, make sure you become a student of God's word. Uh, so go and read the entire chapter 20. So it was, it was as it were, he was giving them, um, you know, um, as it were, his last words. Because Paul was not sure of what was awaiting him. In fact, a lot of prophets had said to him that when he goes to Jerusalem, he will be arrested. And truly he was. Okay, he was arrested. So he didn't know whether he was going to die, you know. You know. And you know, people begin to say, um, I mean, when people know they are going to die, they begin to say the things that are closest to them in their heart. 
they begin to, what they do is that they probably prepare a will if they are sure they were going to die. And they begin to speak to their children or people close to them. They begin to say to them the things closest to their heart. So because he wasn't sure if he would ever, ever come back to that city of Ephesus, he begins to speak to them. So when he reached chapter 20, it's everything he said to them, um, you know, as he was living. But you know, the very last word he said to that church, okay, in Ephesus was that scripture. So Paul was saying, look, I'm about to leave. But you see, even if you don't see me again, Okay, the most important thing I need to say to you, because even if I was still here, this is still the most important. And what is the important thing? It says, I commend you to God. I commend you to God, or I entrust you to God, and to the word of his grace, which is what able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. Those are some of the most powerful words, because Paul, in essence, was saying, listen, everything I've said to you can be captured in just this one verse. Every counsel I've given to you, every advice I've given to you, you know, early this morning when I was praying, God began to say to me, uh, you know, I'm a lawyer by training, uh, like some of you know, or maybe that, you know, doctors here and different things, you know, um, you, you know, in, in, our, in our profession, there are certain things that are very critical, okay, that you must as a lawyer know when you go to, uh, you go to university and eventually go to law school, there are things they teach you that are, that are vital, every lawyer should know, there are certain things that every doctor should know, there are certain things that every pharmacist should know, there, there are certain things that every engineer should know. Now for a child of God if there's nothing you know you must know this. God, Paul says I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Why? Because he said if you have the word and you have God you have everything. If you have God and you have his word you have everything. Because the word is able to do what? To build you up and to give you and he had very just quickly some three or four things I, I want to pull out there. If we have the time, I, I, you know, I, I will be able to, you know, spend a lot of time uh, to break it down. But just very quickly, some four things, um, uh, you know, that I want to pull out from, from that just that one verse, okay? Uh, the, the first thing that, that you need to hear is this, okay? Paul calls it, um, he calls it, of course, in that scripture we read, uh, the Living Translation calls it message of his grace, okay? New King James Version calls the word of his grace. Church, hear me. The word of God is the carrier of his grace. The, the carrier, you know, we, we talk about grace all the time. How you, how you, you know, just like, just like a cup, um, you know, is the carrier of water that you drink. If you're looking for grace, look for it in the word. Because it's called the what? The word of his grace. And the reason is, is I wish I had, had time to break it down further. Okay. God transmits his grace through his word. The only way God transmits grace is through what? His word. So when you, as you're reading the word of God, grace is loaded in it. It's a message of grace. Okay? So not to read God's word. Not to have a structured, um, a, a disciplined time of study and meditation of God's word. is to deny yourself of grace is to deny yourself of grace. Okay, stay with me. Now, number two. So the first thing is, the word is the carrier of the grace of God. Now hear me. You may not see God, still number one. You may not see God. In fact, like Paul was saying to them, you may not see God, but you see God in his word. You don't have to actually have to see God, but you see God in his word. So if you say, Lord, release grace. God says, read my word. You will, you will catch plenty of grace from there. So the word of God is the depository of the grace of God. The word of God is the depository. And you know, um, this may not sound exciting for, for 21st century Christian, 
But, but Pastor Nyama, this is the only way. Is the pattern of God. Is the pattern of God. Now, there's a place for prayers. But by the way, and, and those of you, by the way, make sure you join us on, on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Listen to me. If you don't know the word of God, you will always pray amiss. Because the only way you can pray effectively is by your knowledge of the word. That's why, you know, the um, uh, uh, Bible says that, uh, and this is the confidence that we have. That we know that we ask according to his will. He hears us. He only hears you when you pray according to his will. So many times we are still stagnated because we don't know his will. But his will is in his word. And let me say this. I, you know, I, I don't want to, um, I mean, I did that last Sunday. I don't want to fight anybody today. It's good to get some pastor to be praying for you. But like you're going to see in a short while, many of us are not maturing. There are certain prayers, no matter what the man of God will pray, it will not work until you have the capacity for that answer. Did you hear what I said? A man of God can pray until his, all his hair becomes yellow. If you don't carry the capacity for that word, it doesn't happen. You can't carry it. God look, and I'm going to talk about it. God looks at you. He says you're praying for her. She doesn't have the capacity. And so it's actually your responsibility. There's a place for your pastor to pray for you. But there's a place for you to know God's word. Somebody say hallelujah. Okay. Now, now very quickly again. Uh, the, the, the word build up. Okay. So the first one is the word of his grace. Second thing is build up. A very interesting word that, 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 that Paul used. An, an interesting Greek word that Paul used uh, is the Greek word epoikomodio. It's not the normal word to build. The Greek word is epoikomodio, and it is the same root word that you get the same word as architecture. It's the same root word that you get the word architecture. Here, Pastor, now. Paul was saying that it's only God's word that has the capacity not only to plan your life, but God's word designs your life. Oh, is somebody here? And God's word, like, like a building. Huh? And God's word uh, takes your life up. Takes your life up. You can plan your life solely based on the word of God. You can design your life purely based on the word of God. That is how God actually planned it to be. God didn't design your life, your, your life to, to go after any other pattern. That means that even as you're here today, hear me, as you're here today, if your life not, is not being built according to the pattern of the word, this Sunday is a day to come back to God and to his word. You know, you know one, of the, one of the meanings of that word uh, is also uh, to create a foundation. God's word creates a foundation. It's what you can build upon. Don't start a business unless there's a word that God gave you concerning that business. Don't, don't, go in, don't rush into a marriage unless there's a word God gave you concerning that marriage. I remember in 1997, all hell broke loose. Two, two, three weeks to, to, my, to my marriage, to, to, to my wife in 1997. I mean, from, it started a bit in December, but by January, it became all blown. You know, it became major. Okay, but you know, I had said to my wife, then I said, the only reason I can go ahead with this marriage with you is if God gives me his word. Because I want to build our home and our marriage on the word of God. Somebody say hallelujah. I know God was kind and God was gracious. 
God gave me a word that particular Sunday morning. I can't forget it now. This is in February 1997, about 23 years ago. God gave me a word and it's been that word I have been standing upon. It's that word that has carried me for 23 years. It's that word. Now when you saw Peter walking on water, the, the, the substance upon which he walked, because ordinarily, water cannot sustain a man to walk on it. But because Jesus said, come, become became substance. Become became foundation. Become became solid. And so a man did the supernatural because a makalebru se kazaya. By the reason of a poikodomio kalibro hazaya, he was able. So if you saw Peter walking on water and you said, Peter, what's going on? Why are you able to do that? He said, Makalebru. He said, Come. And that word has given me a foundation upon which I walk. I've come to say to somebody in the days that are coming, the weeks that are coming, people will look at your business and say, How is he walking? You say, I am walking on the world. They see your marriage. How is it working? You say, because he gave me a point And my business is being built. It's being built by that word. My marriage is being built. How come you don't have COVID-19? Because of a point Megale How come you don't? You're not always in the hospital. Because he gave me a point And therefore, in the name of Jesus, the point has what is building me up and I'm doing the supernatural I'm doing the uncommon I'm doing the unusual I'm surprised you're still sitting you need some in your life this uh, this Sunday somebody shout hallelujah come on let there be some rejoicing in God's house for it says I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to accommodate you to design your life by his word to plan your life to build your life permit me to say this Sunday morning the more you use a commodio the higher your heart your life becomes some of you you're on bungalow but that's not God's plan and from 20 story building a commodio because as you keep building by his word you keep rising you keep being lifted what are you doing in that low ground what are you doing in that low place are you a valley dweller? Who made you a valley dweller? God created you for the high place. He said he shall like a bowl of He shall cause your feet to walk like hands feet. And you shall walk in your high places. Come on, what are you doing down there? Grab God's word. Build a foundation. Grab God's word. Design your life. Grab God's word. Build it. First floor. Second floor. Third floor. Proverbs says with the word every house is furnished come on somebody say hallelujah every house is furnished your life is furnished by the word your, your home your marriage by the word you look at that car you say that's by the word you look at that child you say that's by the word you look at that marriage you say that's by the word that is a kind of testimony God wants to give somebody by his word I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Please be seated. Please be seated. 
Please be seated. Scripture interpreting scripture. Scripture interpreting because God cannot lie. The very words of Jesus are the Bible to show it. Matthew 7, 24. For many of you, when, you know, if you've been attending any of the weddings that I, I officiate, you know I, I use this a number of times. But let's look at it. Um, uh, uh, yeah, thank you. Matthew 7, 24. Let's read together now. One to go. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, uh, by the way, you know, this is uh, what you t- typically would call uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus Christ had preached for three days. Pastors, Pastor G, Pastor Oli, three, three days. He preached for three whole days. No break. Because you remember when they were done? <laughs> the Bible said, send them away. He said, no, 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 they were faint. They have not eaten. They, they were so caught up that no food for three days. Hearing God's word. So, he's ending the three-day message. See how he ends it. Therefore, you know, I tell you, every time you see whoever is referring to you, say it's me. Say neighbor, it's you too. Uh-huh. You know, you put your name there. So, so, so therefore, whoever hears these saints of mine and does what? And does them. Whoever hears my word, I will, this is Jesus. I will liken him. I will compare him to a wise man. Thank you, Jesus. Who built? Can you see that? Can you see that word now again? Who built is what? On the rock. House on the rock. Go to. By the way, this is where the name House on the Rock came from. I hope you know. Go to next verse. Next verse. And the rain descended. The floods came. And the winds blew. And did what? And beat on that house. And what? And it did not fall. Why? Anything that, if you're healing your health, is because of the word, it will not fail. If your marriage was built on the word, ladies, don't jump into that marriage if God has not spoken to you. Because a day will come. Let me tell you this. You know, you know, Jesus Christ doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't preach good messages for you can like him. Meanwhile, he's saying storms will come. Winds will come. So he's not saying they will not come because he says somewhere else, I think Matthew 16, 33, I'm not sure. He says in this world, there will be tribulation. In this world. Is that, is that 16, 20, 33? Huh? John 16, 33. Uh, is, that, is that what it is? John 16, 33. In this world, can, can we see John 16, 33? In this world, there will be, tri- uh, you know, in, the word tribulation is not, is not a, a new English word. It's, it's a, a old, an old English word. It's, it's, it's not the normal word for trouble. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is I've spoken to you. Can you see again that in me you may what? In His word you may have peace. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But in the world you will what? Tribulation. The word tribulation means trouble, and it's the word tipsis. And the Greek is you see when you get an orange, you go outside and you get orange. When you squeeze an orange, you are tribulating the orange. Have you ever squeezed? <laughs> When you squeeze an orange, you are tribulating it. And sometimes he says that in this world, squeeze will come. Pressure will come. Pressure will come. But he says that you will not fail. Why? Because your house or that thing was what? Founded on the rock. It's what sustains you when fuel will be 300 naira. It's what will sustain you. It's what will sustain you no matter what is going on. Why? Because it's founded on God's word. Somebody shout hallelujah. Is somebody being blessed this 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 morning? Another scripture I want to show you: um, um, uh, Romans chapter one sixteen. 
Romans 1 16. We're still looking at just breaking down what Paul right? But wrote Romans 1 16. Are you able to show that? For what? Paul, now this is in Paul. What did he say? One to go. Let's go. For what? Paul here says, For I am not ashamed. The gospel of Christ is the word of God. He says, this word will never put you to shame. The word of God will never put, say, can you say the word of God will never put me to shame? That there's no way you can hold on to the gospel of Christ and it will put you to shame. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of, of, of Christ. Please put it back there. For it is the power, for it is the power of God. So the power of God is located in his word. Is somebody here this Sunday morning? The power of God is where? If you're looking for power, open your Bible and read it. That's where the depository of his power is. For I'm not ashamed. And the word of God will not put you to shame in the name of Jesus. So one of the things that the word of God will do, and I began to say that a short while ago, is the, the, to be built up by God's word is to grow spiritually. To be built up by God's word is to grow spiritually. Let me tell your neighbor, are you growing at all? Uh, it's okay to say, to say, neighbor, are you growing at all? Okay, to be built up by God's word is to grow spiritually and to mature in the things of God. It's to grow spiritually and to mature in the, thing, in the things of God. Now hear me, every child of God should be able, minister, minister Chinedu, every child of God should be able to track their spiritual growth. You, you must be able to look back one year ago and say, I have grown spiritually. If, if you have not grown at all spiritually, something is wrong. Because as you eat the word, just like the biological food makes your children grow, the word of God matures you and causes you to grow. And let me tell you this, a very important reason why you need to mature, I began to say that, so that you're not going around, all you're doing is giving prayer contracts to men of God, or they're always coming to do all night in your house. You don't need that. God, be a, God being our witness, that's not how I grew. I grew myself by the study of God's word. Galatians 1.4, can we show that? Galatians 1.4. Galatians 1.4. Because the second part it says, sorry, Galatians 4.1. Galatians 4.1, sorry. Galatians 4.1. Galatians 4.1, yeah. Now I say that what? The hair, who is, who is, who is the hair? Somebody who is entitled to something. Okay, but it says for as long as the hair, as long as it's what? A child. Let me ask your neighbor, are you still a child? Okay, thank you, Jesus. For as long as he's a child, does not differ at all. It's not different at all from a slave. Though, what? There are things that you're master over. And you're going to grow into it in the name of Jesus. Okay, so, so Paul says that, that I commend you to God unto the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. That means that your inheritance is in God's word. Your inheritance of health, of healing, of blessing, of promotion, anything you're trusting God for, it's in the word. The word of God is actually the will of God. The will as in the will. You know, somebody who has a lot. I, I, you know, those that are going to die, they, they get a lawyer and they drop a will. This is the will of God. Every time you read this Bible, you're reading the will of God. Okay, so does God want me to prosper? Is he in his will? Does God want me to, to be healthy? Is he, does he want me to be delivered from sickness? Is it in his will? And the Bible says, the, the, I, I, I like, I like the, the, the second Peter 1 scripture. It, 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 it says that, um, that everything has been given to us 
um, for life and godliness through the knowledge. Through the knowledge. Through the knowledge. You know why I'm teaching this thing? So that your blood will not be upon my head. Because this is the only way you get it. Through the knowledge. If I says that it's by these exceedingly precious promises that you become what? Partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. So, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to please plead with you. Uh, to please begin to walk on the word. There's just one last thing I want to say and then I'll just uh, go into the final thing I'm saying today, which is about hope. I need to talk about hope. We're going to close on, on, on hope. You, you know, um, can you show uh, Job, Job 42 verse 5? Job 42 verse 5. Job 42 verse 5. One of the reasons I, you know, I've been teaching a lot on the word for about five Sundays now is because that is the only way. That is the prescription. That is how God wants his children to grow and to be able to get things he has promised. Okay, can we do it together and I want to go? I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now, do you know, do you know, do you know when, when, when Job said this? After he had gone through everything and God brought him to the place of knowledge. This is actually the last chapter of Job. So he said, you know, I have, I have this God do, I don't they hear about you from Pastor Ike, from Pastor Nenche, Oyedepo. I don't really hear. But now, my prayer in the name of Jesus, come on now, can you stand up and shout hallelujah, that this will be your testimony. Hear me, hear me, listen to me, church. And God said I should say this to somebody. Hear me. Listen. Walk the word. It will work for you. Church, walk the word. Don't walk that problem. Walk the word. The word will walk the problem. If someone listen to pastor this morning, walk the word. The word will do what? The word will work for you. Don't walk up that problem. Locate the word. Walk it. Walk it. And it will work for you. In the name of Jesus. So your testimony will be like Job. You say, I've heard all pastors preaching, you know, but now. You know when somebody says, I've heard with my ear. But now my eyes have seen. That means I've encountered you. Encounters are waiting for you in the name of Jesus. Say amen as you take your seat this Sunday morning. Praise God. Praise God. The word carries your inheritance. Apostle Peter said that God has given us, given us all things that pertain to life and, and godliness through the knowledge of his word, through his will. Now, the word God gave to us um, in the last few weeks, we, we've been trying to break down. Uh, for those of you uh, who, who have been part of us or you're just joining us, we said God began to say to us that this uh, beginning, I mean, from August uh, into, into the rest of 2020 and indeed into the rest of the next 10 years, 20 years, he gave us a powerful word of, of redemption, a powerful word of, of, of you know, of, of restoration. He says, and the valley of Archer shall become what? A door of hope. And we began to say on this pulpit that a door of hope has opened for our church, has opened for our families, for you, and all of that. You know, and we'll try to look at door. You know, so if you if you've not been here, uh, please ask any of the media people or go to our, our Facebook. You'll be able to uh, catch up on all the old messages. But today, I want to talk very, very briefly on the word hope. Somebody say hope. Somebody say hope. Now, 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 um, I, I want to give you, um, um, you know, an, an example of 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 where that word, that word. Hope. Let, let me let me read it. Uh, let me let me. Oh Jesus, help me now. Let, let me read. Uh, how many of us remember Rahab? Remember Rahab when the spies went to. Remember Rahab, the prostitute, when the spies went to Jericho. Okay. Um. I I, I thought I'd I'd put down that scripture here, uh, so I can 
I can read it. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit of God. But, but, but the, the, the story goes, uh, uh, Joshua had sent um, uh, two spies to go and spy the, the land and Jericho, especially Jericho. So they got into, into, into Jericho and they went to stay in the house of, of Rahab. Okay. And of course, Rahab began to speak to them. I think it's um, in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. I thought I'd actually I'd put it there so we'll be able to read through it. But go home and read through it. Now, uh, of course, Rahab began to speak to them about the fact that God had revealed to, uh, to them in Jericho that the, the children of Israel, they were coming. And of course, they had also heard about the different exploits they had done before they got to Jericho. Uh, so, um, so Rahab began to say to to them, okay, I know that God has given you this land. I want to say to somebody, God has given you this land in the name of Jesus. Okay, but it says, okay, when you come to destroy the land, spare me and my household. So they said something to her. The two spies said something to her. They said, um, because she was going to let, she let them out through her window because her house was on the wall, uh, through a cord. But before they, they, they went down from the window, they said, Rahab, there's something we want you to do. We wanted to get a red cord or a red scarf. This same window that we're going out through, tie the red cord. Tie the red cord on this window. When we come to Jericho to fight it, we want to look at your window and see that red cord. Pastor, I was blown away in my studies some weeks ago. The old Hebrew word for hope was that red cord. The old Hebrew word is called tikva. Is that cord, that red cord. Why, 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 is it, why is it hope? Because we already said that the definition of hope is something, an expectation that somebody carries. Or you, are, you have an expectancy. Or there's something you're anticipating. Is anybody, does anybody have an expectation here? Okay, if you have an expectation, can you wave your hand? Okay. I hope your expectation is a big one. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I've come to challenge somebody. May your expectation be big. And then if you're going to expect, you might as well expect twins. If you're going to expect, expect quadruplets. Why, why expect little when God can do much? Because, you know, he promised us in Proverbs, I believe Proverbs 20, uh, Proverbs 23, 18. He says, and the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Now hear me. Hear me. When they were leaving, Rahab said to them, are you sure? She said, we, we swear, we give you our word. For as long as you put that red cord there, we will come and get you. So she said, should I bring my family my, my father, my mother, he said, as many as can enter into your house. Jesus. Pastor Emma, do you know what is going on there? Her hope. She knew something was coming. Her hope was on that red scarf. Her hope was also on the word the two spies gave. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. What makes your hope certain is faith in God and his word. She trusted that for as long as that red scarf is hanging there. Because, Elder Form, that red scarf 
was actually a symbol of the death of Jesus. They purposely said to her, hang that red scarf there. Because they were pre, they were prefiguring that a day will come. In fact, they had come from 40 years earlier from a place where God said to them, every house put some red blood there. Because when the destroyer sees the blood, he will pass over. They knew that. And I've come to say to somebody that your hope will not be in vain. And that's why when we take the communion this Sunday morning, for the, rest, for the rest of September, by his word and by the blood of Jesus, your hope will not be in vain. This hope will not make us ashamed in the name of Jesus. I said this hope will not make us ashamed. I wish we had the time. But when Israel came, can you imagine every time they were going around Jericho and shouting, every time they were going through Jericho and shouting, everybody was panicking. But there was one woman and her household. They had no fear. Why? <laughs> because they know they had a word. Rear the word. Rear the word. I want to say to you, your hope must be whole loaded in God's word. I say your hope. Whether Abuja is, is going down, look at that red rope hanging over your life. The first thing they need when Jericho went down, they went and delivered Rehab and her family. I've come to say to you, it doesn't matter what happens in this season ahead. This hope will not make ashamed. This hope will not disappoint because God and his word and the blood of Jesus has redeemed you. I've come to say to you, it doesn't matter how large your hope is. And I hope your hope is big. I want to say to five people, I hope your hope is big because it doesn't matter how big the hope is. It is factored on that red scarf hanging from your window is factored on the words of two spies I said we swear when we come to Jericho you will not be harmed you will escape you will experience redemption you will experience salvation I've come to say to you that by two immutable things God cannot lie God cannot lie God has sworn God doesn't need to swear but when he put his word down he swore by his word and by his oath I don't know what you are dealing with I don't know how large the hope is I don't know how large the promise is he has sworn and that's why it says in Numbers 23 he said God who cannot lie come and stand up this Sunday morning but you see you can't be jumping because you don't have a word but you have you have a word church do you have a word the one who cannot lie he may have delayed but there's one who cannot lie has he said it come and put it back there thank you God is not a man this is a hope that does not make us ashamed hear me church it's a faith of trust in God and his word is the substance 
God's word is the substance. It's what brings tangibility to your hope. It's what brings certainty to your hope. Uh, God's word is the title deed. Is the sea of O to your hope. Hear me, church. I have many sea of O's for healing. I have a sea of O. I carry it around for health. I have a title deed for deliverance. Yes, my brothers, my sisters, I have a title deed. Let me ask your neighbor, do you have a sea of O for that hope? Because Rahab, that cord hanging from her window, the word of the two spies, they said to her, we are coming but when we come here's Rehab you will be saved I've come to say to somebody I came all the way from from life camp to say to somebody at the back you will make it you will be saved you and your household why? Because two men made a promise to a woman but there's a God who is not a man his word is better than the two spies and I say this door of hope has opened her I close with this for Christ in you elders come ministry heads come stewards come if you forget everything I said Colossians 1 27 you know, I'm happy that they didn't say Jesus in you. Now, not my message. There's a major difference between Jesus and Christ. I hope you know. Jesus was the one who walked. <laughs> so I don't mess up your theology. Jesus was the man who was born in the manger. Fully man. Walked through the streets of Galilee. Of Capernaum. He was one that went to the cross. But after the cross, it wasn't Jesus anymore. Did you, you know that? The one that was raised wasn't Jesus. He became Christus. He became the Messiah. He was no longer a man. Hear me, church. And he says, that is the one you carry. Christ in you. That's why your story must end well. Because that one you're carrying, sir, has to fail first before you can fail. So your story ends well. Let me tell you about your story ends well. Because Christ in you, the hope of glory. Thank you, Jesus. What is presented before us this Sunday is greater than that red cord hanging from Rahab's window. But that was a sign of redemption for Rahab. But what we carry here is even greater than what happened in Exodus 12, 12. The lamb that was slain and was put on, and the blood was put on the doorsteps. What is here today is greater. Is somebody here? What is here is greater. I close with this sentence. We're going to pray over it, and then we'll give you the communion, and then we go home. You know, you know yesterday, I said, Lord, what one word outside of what I'm teaching today would you give to your people for this communion? I thought we would be able to have the time. Many of us know the story of Joseph. Do we know the story of Joseph? Joseph was going to be killed by his brothers. They had finished that arrangement. So he said, okay, we're going to, but let's first eat. Then we kill him. They put him in a pit. Let's first eat. 
and then we'll kill him. But to cut a very long story short, his brother said, why, we, why should we kill our brother? We shouldn't kill him. Let's sell him. Now, this year is year 20. Somebody say 2020. I've said this before. It's our year of redemption. It's our year of the open door. So they said, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, to the Midianites. How much did they sell him for? 20 pieces of silver. They sold him. 20 is the number of redemption. So Joseph was sold into his destiny. But here, Pastor, now. They needed to explain to his father, where is your brother? What are you going to, what are you going to tell your, your dad? Where is he? Went to, he went to look for you. Where is he? Elder Fong, do you know what they did? They looked for a lamb. Thank you, Jesus. They looked for a lamb. Sir, they killed the lamb. And they took the blood of the lamb. And they put on his clothes. And they went home with it. I've come to say to somebody, a man called Jesus died. Joseph was removed from the pit. He didn't die because a substitution was made. I've come to announce to you that a substitution was made for all of us here. Thank you, Jesus. The Lamb of God took your place. And because of that, Joseph could go into destiny. Today, this sixth day of September, by this communion, oh, Magalebru Kazaya, we remind our God that a lamb took our place on Calvary's tree 2,000 years ago so that you can come out of your pit. I don't know what your pit is. The enemy has said you, you, you won't come out, you won't make it like Joseph. But more than 20 pieces of silver, he was, you were redeemed by, not by silver, not by gold but by his precious blood. And so, as you go into the rest of September, you are free in the name of Jesus. I just have went into the place of destiny, which was Egypt. This communion will push me into destiny. I said this communion will push me into destiny. Shout hallelujah like thunder. Shout hallelujah like thunder. If you believe that more than 20 pieces of silver was paid for your redemption and therefore father in the name of jesus as the ones you have given authority over the church as pastors elders ministers if we have spoken your word if we have declared your counsel lord that lamb took the place of joseph joseph would have been the one that would have been killed in that pit he will have died in that pit but your word says that we are prisoners of hope he said return to the stronghold you prisoners of hope he said even this day i declare you shall receive double for your trouble i pray in the name of jesus with the elders of the church and the pastors of the church 
greater than that lamb that died for Joseph is present here. A greater than Rahab's cord is here. Magalebrus, a greater than the lamb that was killed on Passover, it is here. If you did it, my father, as we take it by faith, let men come out of their pit. Let families come out of their pit. Let women come out of their pit. Send us on our way like Joseph.